This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Hoist the Colors podcast. It is almost another game day. We are closing in quickly Saturday at 6 p.m. East Carolina and Old Dominion. The Pirates going for their first win of the season in their second game. They dropped the opener 21-20 to NC State. Old Dominion coming off a big win over Virginia Tech. We'll get in-depth into the Monarchs. But joining me to preview this game is one of our interns, Kaysen Ramaley. Kaysen, uh, welcome back into the program, man. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Kaysen, before we, we turn the page fully to ODU, I want to talk about the NC State game. And we, we've we've discussed it in a couple of podcasts previously. We didn't have you on, but you were in the stands. I'm curious, you know, in the press box, which you'll find out later this season, it's pretty soundproof in there. I mean, you can get a vibe for it, but you can't hear it. You know, as a student, what was it like, you know, kind of experiencing that full – sold out crowd and the biggest crowd in Daddy Ficklin Stadium history. It was it was very, very loud. I've I've had the opportunity to go to a bunch of games in my life. I've been to a lot of bowl games, a lot of other universities, and this past weekend was one of the loudest, if not the loudest, it has ever got. And CJ Johnson's first uh touchdown the place was going crazy, stuff thrown everywhere, everyone jumping. It was a atmosphere like no other. And I honestly believe there was no better atmosphere week one, maybe besides Ohio State, better than Dowdy Fit. You know, when you you look at this weekend, it's going to be a night game. It's going to be a 6 p.m. start. And I don't think it'll replicate what last week was. But, you know, we all know night games, you get more tailgating time, more time to uh, to get a little liquored up or so, and uh, have some fun for the game. Like when you talk to your students, is there still like a good buzz around campus about this week, even though it's not NC State, even though it's not the season opener? Yes, there is. There is still a great buzz, but no matter no matter who we play, it's never going to be as big as the first game because it's the first game. But also the fact that ODU just did beat one of NC State's fellow conference members, Virginia Tech. There is a great buzz going around, and also it is at six, not scorching hot. 12 so you don't have to get to tailgate lots at nine start tailgating at eight you can start getting around you start getting ready around three or two so you could definitely sleep in so i definitely think more people will be more prepared for this game than they were last game 
I got to ask too, before we get started on ODU. So you were in the boneyard and, you know, we heard about some, some people that went down and then were not allowed back into the boneyard. Did you, did you run into that or have any friends? So actually, so actually, yes. So me, me and my friend Davis, who I'm really good friends with, we were, we were up there together and about the end of the first quarter, we needed to go get the bath, go to the bathroom, get some water. So we look, so we look down and there's like a whole bunch of commotion at the bottom. And me and Davis walk, me and my friend Davis walk down there and there's a bunch of security guards not letting people back, back up the ramp, but they're letting people down. So me and Davis kind of look at each other, I was like, what's going on? So then we kind of sat there for a second and saw that they weren't letting people back in, which I didn't get. But then if you look a section to your left, they were letting people back in. And so was a section over that. So there were some sections that were not, some sections that were, which I did not understand. And it was not, it was, it was an interesting environment in the concourse this past weekend. Did you end up going to the bathroom or did you have to hold it? Uh, actually, I did. I did have to go to the bathroom. Me and Davis, me and Davis both said, uh, if we got to go, if it comes to it, we'll just start pushing through people to get, to get back up there. Yeah. The word, I, you know, listen to some ECU administrators, they said that People, I guess, from the overflow section were climbing the railing to get into the boneyard. Yes. And so there were like yes. too many people over there. So the security guards were trying to make sure it wasn't overfilled, which it was. It's just a it's just a cluster. I mean, that's the best a, way. It's just yo, it was a mess. It was a mess. And hopefully, as hopefully as uh AD said that we'll get that we'll get that fixed for this night game. And he's at time to prepare. So it'll be a better weekend this weekend for sure. Well, let's dive into ODU, man, and uh, we, we both watched uh, Old Dominion, Virginia Tech. It was a Friday night game last week, uh, kind of one of the kickoff games of college football. Wasn't the prettiest game in the, in the world, Kaysen, but uh, it's still an impressive win for, for Old Dominion's program. I mean, anytime you beat a quality program like Virginia Tech and we can get into how far Virginia Tech has fallen these last few years, but still, it's a big win for them uh, over an ACC opponent, over a quality opponent. So. Kind of what what were your thoughts watching that game as as we prepared for ECU NC State but got an early look at ODU? Well, my first thought on the game was, wow, we we know this is week one football because it sure was it sure was sloppy. It was it was it was a total mess. It was just teams trying to figure out who they are. They're not going to figure them out, figure themselves out till later. But uh, one glaring thing that I saw was that ODU defense had four interceptions off uh, Wells, the Virginia Tech quarterback. Yeah, and Grant Wells, he actually played for, for Marshall last year and lit up ECU. So we know he's a quality quarterback. Was not impressed by Virginia Tech's receivers on on Friday, um, which you know we'll talk about when we break it down. But yeah, it was an ugly game. And it's kind of that spot, Casey, where Old Dominion's coming off a big win. They're kind of in a letdown spot. Um I would feel better about it if ECU hadn't lost how they had because they're kind of in a letdown spot too, given the emotional loss. So before we get into the matchups, how big do you think it will be to to move on past that, that last game? Because, I mean, these teams, they're going to say they have, but I, I don't think until they get out there is when we'll really know just how much of an impact maybe the previous week has had on these teams. Well, I also – well, I think that – Oh, that Old Dominion is coming into Greenville on a high on a high horse. They just they just beat an ACC team, and yes, Virginia Tech is not what they used to be one hundred percent. But at the end of the day, they are a Power Five program and they're a great program. But also the bounce back that ECU needs. I mean, ECU 
ECU, in my opinion, out outplayed State. Uh, Holton outplayed Leary. The defense was better than State's defense, and we just couldn't make it happen at the end. And I think that I think the Old Dominion coming in, it is a great quality team. And when ECU gets on the field, I think they know the opportunity presents itself to bounce back and get a good quality win and get that first one of the year. Let's dive into some of the matchups. Kaysen, you look at this Old Dominion offense again. Virginia Tech really shut them down. I mean, I think they held them to, what, 249 yards of offense or so. And if you watch the game, the quarterback, Hayden Wolf, he didn't look good. He was 14 of 35. Like Those are, those are pretty terrible numbers. Yeah. Um, but I'll say, you know, just looking at some of the talent offensively, especially the top-tier talent, this offense still kind of scares me. I mean, they have a, a, a talented running back, a talented receiver, and a talented tight end. So if you got three guys – who can beat you. I mean, that has to concern you a little bit, right? Yeah. And uh, Wolf had 165 yards passing and 122 of them were to Jennings off of, off of five receptions. So that, that right there is all the yards. And that's a, that's a one, two punch. That is pretty impressive. Yeah. Ali Jennings, West Virginia transfer six to 200 good size average 25 yards a catch last week. So, um, you know, little bit of concern there. Defensive coordinator Blake Carroll talked about how they'll sometimes put Jennings and the tight end, Zach Kuntz, which we we don't know for sure if that's the exact pronunciation, but we're going with it. Uh, by the way, Zach Kuntz, 6'8", 260. I mean, that is a gigantic tight end. Uh, they sometimes put those guys on the same side. So I'm curious how ECU is going to defend that and they do that to the boundary, which means it'll be the opposite way of Malik Fleming. So you're more or you're less experienced cornerback, uh, either Demel Hickman or Juwan Powell, most likely. So that's something I'll be watching on on Saturday. Um, and who matches up with Zach Koontz? Is it somebody who gets them in man coverage or they play zone on them? Just because that size worries you a little bit. Uh, but the, the thing is, too, then you got a running back, Blake Watson, who's a 1,000-yard rusher. So you you, you kind of have to pick your poison. Do you take away the run? Do you take away those guys in the passing game? And I think that's the dilemma for Blake Carroll heading into this one. Correct. But also, I agree with you totally, but also uh, State, St- NC State, our first opponent, does not, run a, does not run a tight end set. They do not – NC State's offense has nothing to do – we we have – State has tight ends, but they do not – they're not going to them uh, – Coons had 73 receptions last year for nearly three, for nearly 700 yards. And that is unreal for a tight end in college football. Yeah. I mean, 73 catches. Like Ryan Jones had a good year last year for ECU tight end. He had like 30 something catches for yeah. 400 yards. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I th- that's something you don't see every day. So I don't know how ECU approaches that. Yeah. Um, Something too that we haven't hit on, which I don't even know the full story here, but the Penn or uh, not Penn State. I, I was thinking Penn State because Ricky Ronnie, their coach, came from Penn State. But the old, old Dominion offensive coordinator left the program like a few weeks before the start of the season. And Ricky Ronnie is a former OC at Penn State. And so I don't know how much he's involved in the offense, but for sure the offense did not look in sync in the opener, as we talked about. So how much of that is an issue, um, you know, time will tell. And the other factor, too, and we talked about this a little bit over text before the show, Virginia Tech 
They only sacked Wolf once, but according to Pro Football Focus, they got pressure on 53% of Hayden Wolf's dropbacks, and he threw the ball 35 times. So they were in his face. So clearly there's an issue there with the offensive front and protection. Would you expect Blake Carroll to bring some pressure on Saturday? Oh, for sure. For sure, one 100%. Because if you're getting that, because if you're getting that kind of, if you're getting that kind of pressure, you know the, you know the next team you're playing is all over that, scouting that out, and I think that Jeremy Lewis is going to get after that because he didn't have that well of a game this past Saturday, so I think he's ready for a bounce back game. Yeah, I was looking at Pro Football Focus's numbers too for for last year, their grades for Old Dominion's front, and these guys are pretty experienced, but their issue is. They got a brand new center in Xavier Black, and he did not, according to their metrics, do very well at all in the the pass protection game. You know, which can be tough when you're facing a talented Virginia Tech front. Um, their right tackle is pretty good, Nick Saldaveri, I believe is the pronunciation. But outside of that, you know, the grades were hit or miss for the rest of their O line. So they do have some experience, do have some pretty good size. But I think Lewis, if he can get a good matchup. With the speed off the edge, he could take advantage of that in this game. Um, you know, we'll see on the interior defensive line if anybody can kind of break through against that center. If Rick DeBrew, if he ends up coming back this week, it sounds like he's got a chance to potentially play this Saturday. I like that matchup if he's in the lineup just with his quickness on the inside along the defensive line. But, I, you know, I feel like we talked about those guys, Kaysen, Watson, Jennings, and and Koontz. I, I feel like as long as those guys don't just shred you, I feel pretty good about this matchup. I mean, it's easier said than done, but I don't think Old Dominion is going to score more than 24 uh, mid-20s on ECU if they put they did this past Saturday. I totally agree to that because, yes, they have a they have a great three-headed monster in those three players, but also uh, Wolf is Wolf is not Wolf is not the caliber quarterback we played on Saturday. He's not he is he is not Devin Leary, and we and state handled Devin Le- and it, ECU handled Devin Leary very very well, way better than I was expecting. So, I think that if they can control Wolf and do the same thing Tech did and just get to him and they can go fourteen for thirty five again, we can for sure win this game. Devin Leary had the lowest QBR since his freshman year in twenty nineteen against East Carolina, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll talk about ECU's defense and it's or ECU's offense in this matchup and the special teams as well. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, welcome back into the Hoist the Colors podcast. We are previewing East Carolina Old Dominion. 
intern Kaysen is with us. Kaysen Romaley as we break down this matchup between the Monarchs and Pirates ECU looking for win number one. So last week, Kaysen, let's talk about what we saw from the offense from ECU. We know how good NC State's defense is. And I thought it looked choppy at times offensively for ECU, but all things considered, by the second half, they were in a pretty good rhythm. They were running the ball somewhat effectively against a really good defensive front. Um, they were able to hit some big passing plays with Isaiah Winstead, um, with C.J. Johnson. And I just feel like we didn't even see Ryan Jones or Jalen Johnson get going. So I, I feel pretty good about where this offense is. Uh, what about you after the first game? I feel I feel pretty good about it, except uh, the first the first couple of series when it was just when it was just holding, dropping back, dropping back, dropping back. I was just like, we have Keaton and Keaton Harris back there. Let's let's feed him the ball. And I think once we started running the ball, feeding them, everything kind of balanced out. And Tanner and Tanner and Drake Thomas, those linebackers and safety started backing up. And just starting and just starting to spread things out. I think that that is what we need to do. We need to have that balance attack because it was because it was it was proven Saturday that we have a potent receiving core and a very good and a very good backfield. So it just depends on how we want to play that out. Will depend the outcome of the game Saturday. Yeah, I think that's and this one thing Donnie Kirkpatrick said. You were at the press conference on on Wednesday, and I asked, you know, was he happy with the distribution? And he said he was. I mean, they, they spread the ball around to eight different guys in the receiving game, two backs, two tight ends, four receivers. You know, the running backs, clearly they want to get more yardage in the ground game. But I think NC State had a lot to do with that, both with their talent and how they were playing it. You know, what's interesting to me, Casey, is Old Dominion is kind of similar to NC State in that they will, first and foremost, try and take away the running game. I was looking at the stats from last year. They held teams to, let's see here, yeah, 3.6 yards per carry last year, which is honestly a really good number in college football. But in the passing game, they gave up 7.25 yards per attempt and 250 yards through the air per game, which is a pretty significant number. Um, you know, on the ground, they only allowed 134.2 yards per game. So I almost feel like it's similar to last week that, hey, NC State was trying to take away the run, let's open up the game, throw in the football. I think Old Dominion might try the same thing, and you might have to hit some passes early to have some success. Just your thoughts on how ECU might approach Old Dominion. Well, I definitely think that Holton Aylers, that in any game we play, Holton Aylers needs to be able to air it out and get to the receivers that we have. But also, at the same time, when you have Keaton Mitchell and Roger Harris back there, you have to, you just have to feed them the ball. And I think, and I think that Old Dominion, yes, has a good defense, but at the but at the end of the day, they're not they're not NC State's front seven. They're they're just not they're just not as talented, and they're and they're not as deep. They can't rotate as many guys. So I definitely think in the third fourth quarter, when it gets when it gets to those dog downs, that Harris and Keaton will step it up and lead them the way. I think if Mitchell, I think Keaton Mitchell only ended up with 15 touches last week, maybe even less than that if you don't count special teams. So, got to get him the ball more. I mean, it's just he had two big plays last week. He had a big run and the big catch, both uh, near 30 yards or just over 30 yards. So, you know, it's that fine line of do you want to, you know, you know, you're if they're playing the run, you kind of have to obviously still stick with it to keep them honest. You don't want to just bang your head against the wall though. But also you got to get those ball those guys the ball. Otherwise, 
they're not going to be able to break the big ones. So I think uh, you're going to see how the, the, the coaching staff approaches that. The other thing, too, like you said, they picked off a good quarterback in Grant Wells four times last week. So it's not like if you do air it out, Virginia Tech did 37 times. Uh, they can make some plays on the back end. So, I mean, it's a pretty solid team all the way around. Like, that's the biggest thing I take away from ODU is they're solid. They're not going to beat themselves. And if ECU doesn't play well Saturday, you know, this is a game they could drop. So, um, you know, offensively outside of the running game, any anybody you're you're looking for to to maybe step up, have a better performance or any position group? Uh, I'm – I'm really looking forward to see what the uh, tight ends do. Uh, Jones and Cal- Calhoun did score a touchdown, but we I just think we needed to get Ryan Jones more, more involved, him and Calhoun, put them both on each end, and little and just, just little posts and the receivers up. I mean, they're going to be open. You, I think you have to make that safety, make, make decisions to come up or go up. So I think the tight ends will be a huge part of this week. By the way, Old Dominion in the secondary, their nickelback Robert Kennedy, former East Carolina safety, transferred there a couple years ago, so I'm sure he'll be motivated for Saturday's game, um, especially given the way that he left the program. He uh, made a weak weak tackle attempt is a soft way of saying it. For those that didn't see it at the time, it was a couple years ago during the 2020 season, and – he deserved to get called out for it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Robert Kennedy, number three, just what that matchup is like when he makes a tackle on Saturday. Uh, Case and special teams, man, this is this is a worry spot for me because Old Dominion, the last couple of years, I think leads the country uh, in block punts. I know last year for sure they lit, led the country in block kicks and block punts. Obviously, they didn't play in 2020 due to the pandemic, but, you know – ECU just can't beat itself on special teams, and that's got to be a concern. You're also facing a kick returner in Lamarian James who returned two for touchdowns last year. So uh, Pirates have to come through on special teams. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, this this past Saturday, if you take away that if you take away that block touchdown, there's those points, and then the miss extra point and the field goal. That's a whole lot of points that shouldn't have been on the board or should have been on the board. But I just, I just, I just think that they need to get back to just their bread and butter and just working and practicing. I think that if we have a good special teams day, we can win because in because in football, you never hear about special teams unless something bad, unless something bad happens. So if we don't hear that about special teams this week, that means we had a good week. Old Dominion was bringing in a or breaking in a new kicker, Ethan Sanchez. He made both of his field goal attempts long of 29, so he didn't really have to to kick anything too long. So we'll see how he does in a pressure environment at ECU if he has to kick a longer field goal. He also made both extra points. Ethan Dwayne is an experienced punter for them. He averaged 48.6 yards per punt, which is really good at the college level last week. And then, like we said, Lamarian James, big-time returner, Virginia kid. Um, ECU is going to have to play play good against him on Saturday. What did you think of the return game uh, for ECU in the opener? You know, Keith Mitchell didn't have too much room to run, but I thought Malik Fleming looked pretty good. Yeah, I did. I liked the decision to put put Malik back there. Uh, every single time he caught a he caught a punt, he usually made the first guy miss and got and got some yards. So I think it was a great decision to put him put him back there for sure. Yeah, and he seemed to be comfortable. Um, you know, didn't. 
I thought there were a few times the ball was rolling and you see a lot of guys kind of shy away and he didn't shy away. He picked it up, got positive yardage. So, um, and, and two, I saw some people comment, I suppose this, they were saying Keaton Mitchell was hesitant and he just needs to run on the kick returns. People got to understand, look, he's waiting for the blockers to set up. You don't just run by all your blockers. Otherwise you're, you're going to get smacked. I mean, that's just not yeah. how kick returns work. So he does Holes the same thing. Themselves. Yeah, holes holes do not make themselves on uh, punt returns. The blockers have to shift, and the and then the and the uh, kickoff team is running down. So you just got to be patient and find that hole. And then once you find it, punch it. Yeah, I mean, if you got eleven guys running at you, you're not gonna run past all eleven guys. Like you got you got to have some blocking. So he's waiting for his first line, and the guys obviously that are closer to him get into a position to block. If you run past all those guys, that legitimately does you no good. So uh, I, I just thought the comments on that were were kind of silly. Um, there, there's a process to it. And then once he breaks the first line, if he gets in that position, that's when you hit the gear because then you're running past everybody. So uh, there is an art to it. And I think he's just, you know, he just didn't have great blocking last week. So uh, not a not a huge concern of mine. I think he'll eventually, if he keeps touching it, we'll get to break one at some point. Um, Kaysen, let's let's transition here to our uh, picks to click. We're going to start this segment going forward in our preview podcast where we do uh, make some picks on offense and defense where we think guys are going to have big games. We'll start with offense. Who's your pick to click on offense heading into uh, the ultimate game? I think that uh, Keaton Mitchell is going to have his first breakout game of the year. I think that once we can get that running game going, Old Dominion will not be able to keep up because if you can, if you can run on a team and put pressure on them, they're not they're not going to beat you. It's very hard to respond with a solid running game. So Keaton Mitchell is my pick to go over 100 yards and a touchdown. It would be good to see for sure. I'm going to go with uh, – we talked about the tight ends earlier. You said you want to see more from them. I'm going to go with Ryan Jones. You know, I think there's some advantageous matchups with the, the the nickel safeties or the linebackers here in the passing game. And if ECU gets some man coverage with Ryan Jones or with C.J. Johnson, I think they can exploit that. Um, for example, if you get Robert Kennedy on you at 5'10", 183, yeah, he's got good speed, but – if you're Ryan Jones, you're 6'2", 240. You should be able to bully him, get some uh, get some open or some separation with your physicality there. Um, so I like that. And then the linebackers, I don't think they'll be able to keep up with them as far as speed. So I'm going to Ryan Jones, my pick-to-click. Let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Kaysen, any, uh, any thoughts on a pick-to-click defensively? I have uh, Miles Berry as mine because I think that him in the middle is going to be huge. Because last week versus uh, Virginia Tech, uh, ODU was three for sixteen on third down, and I think that on I think that on a lot of those plays that we will see on Saturday, I think Miles Berry will have a great, great game. Yeah, East Carolina held NC State to four of thirteen, which is a good number. They did give up a few third and longs, which Blake Carroll was not pleased about, but. Uh, you know, third down, I like ECU in this game, especially if they can get Old Dominion into third and medium, third and long. My pick to click defensively, I think the Pirates are going to pick off Hayden Wolf not once, but twice. Uh, I think, you know, I'm going to go with cornerback Jawan Powell. 
you know, we talked earlier about the the need to play solid coverage on the boundary side. Um, Juwan's really good against the run. He had his first career pick, I think, last year at UCF. I think he gets his second career pick in this football game, uh, guarding either Ollie Jennings or helping out with the tight ends at Koontz. And I'm going to go with Jawan Powell as my pick to click defensively. Um, I don't know if we can make a pick to click on special teams, Kaysen, but I am looking forward to seeing just, you know, before we make our game prediction, how Owen Daffer responds. You know, I, I feel like when he trots out there for that first kick, you know, I hate talking about it, but there's going to be like a nervous energy in the stadium, you know, until he makes a kick and the extra point will be good. But I think he's got to make like a legitimate field goal to really kind of calm the the nerve, so to speak. Yeah, I'm just hoping that his first field goal does not does not miss because if so, it's going to be a rough it's going to be a rough next week. Yeah, I mean, because I think at this point it's going to be mental for him. Um, and, yeah, there are certain things he's doing physically that alters how he kicks the ball. But a lot of it, I think, you're just going to overthink things when you're putting that spot. So, hopefully he bounces back, has a good week. Hopefully the pump protection goes well. Um, snapping, holding, all that stuff. Got to be crisp against Old Dominion. All right, it's prediction time, Kaysen. Uh, let's make some picks here as we wrap up the show. Your general thoughts and give us a score if you got one on who's going to win. I think that if I think that if ECU can control the run game and put ODU on their heels, they will win thirty-one to seventeen. Were you surprised at the the spread being thirteen? Or did you feel I like was that was a good number? Extremely shocked. I was. Yeah. I thought it personally. I thought it was. I thought it was going to be six and a half. Yeah, I I would have guessed five and a half, six. Yeah, like I, I was. Just, I was surprised. What was what was the uh, Virginia Tech line versus them? Do you know that? I think it was VT by five or six, somewhere in that area. And so they covered that and won it outright. It may have been less than that, but it was VT was favored. Yeah. So. Um, say, holy cow! If they were, if they were a five point underdog versus Tech, and they're, you, you said 12, 12 and a half against us. Yep. Clearly, oh, Vegas cow. is not feeling the Monarchs. Yeah, Vegas does not want the Monarchs to win nothing. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I think too, they're they're expecting the bounce back spot from ECU. Um, Old Dominion coming off the win at home. You know, students were on the field. They're partying now. They got to go on the road. I think this is a tough spot for ECU, and I think this is a good ODU team, though. I, I really do. Like, I think this is a bowl team. I think this is the team that if ECU plays bad on Saturday, they will lose. Um, and I, I do expect it to be a competitive game. I, I think I'm going to go to with ECU scoring 31, and I've got Old Dominion scoring 23. So I've got ODU covering the spread. I think it goes into the fourth quarter. I think the Pirates end up pulling it out. And what's going to be a physical game? ODU plays similar to ECU in in several respects, especially defensively. They do a lot of similar things, uh, carry themselves with a similar demeanor. So looking forward to seeing how Saturday's game plays out. Hopefully we're sitting here talking about it being a one-and-one East Carolina football team late Saturday night, case. And if not, if it's 0-2. My thing, too, with this pick is, you know, just being out of practice – I get the vibe ECU knows it can't drop this game. So, like, there's – you know, if you lose this game, all of a sudden your path to six wins becomes much, much harder. Um, 
I think a lot of people are talking about, hey, this is a team that can win seven, eight, nine games if they play like they did against NC State. And I agree. But if you get too caught up in that and you lose to Old Dominion, all that's gone. If you start 0-2, there's going to be a panic. So you got to win this game. Yeah, this is a huge – this is – this is this is one of the biggest games of Mike Houston's tenure because coming off of a tough one, I mean, I mean, just gut wrencher to state, and you get next week to respond at night versus a solid ODU team. And but on the flip side, you were saying if we lose, but if we win this, if we win this game, we can go in, we can go into Campbell, which should, which should, hundred percent should, should, should be a solid win, and then go into go into conference play with some swagger and hopefully we can burn through the American, but this, but this game, we're going to learn, we're going to learn a lot about ECU football on Saturday. Yeah, this is a crucial game. I mean, if you look at it on paper, East Carolina could realistically be favored in the next, I think five, six games, basically every game before UCF. Um, You know, I mean, they're going to be favored obviously against ODU. They're going to be favored against Campbell. They're going to be favored against Navy, they're going to be favored probably at USF. At Tulane, that one could I be think so. closer. Yeah. yeah. But I think they will still be favored. Yeah. I'll go like, I'll go like one and a half, two and a half on that. So not – so kind of even. Yeah, exactly. Like it'll be – that'll be a toss-up game, but I think ECU will be favored. Memphis at home, the way they looked in the opener, you're probably favored. I mean, that's six games in a row. We all know what that means in the grand scheme of things. I mean, not a whole lot, but you could be conceivably six and one going into the meteor schedule if 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 you play like you did against nc state and improve in the areas they need to improve well casey we'll see man i appreciate the time uh joining me on the preview podcast and hopefully soon we're talking about a uh, victorious pirate football team for sure let's have a let's let's have a great night saturday night that's casey Romaley. i'm steven Igo. we will be back with you guys after the game with it being a night game Probably will be Sunday before we get the reaction podcast up. It's going to be a late night, so uh, we'll see if I can get something up on Saturday night. But either way, appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back with you on the Voice of Colors podcast following the Pirates game against the Monarchs. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.